Tandem Nomads, episode 148. Many people don't think they can write a book, but really you can. It's just a matter of taking the complex project and parsing it down to simple to follow steps. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful, portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host, Emel Deregi. I'm a business and marketing coach and very excited to be here today to talk about a topic that's so important. For me, uh, one of the things I love about Tandem Nomads uh, community is the amazing richness of uh, their life journey and your life journey, Nomad Nation, who's, who's listening. And also that a lot of you here who are listening have an important message to share with the world. And sometimes we just don't know how to share it. And one of the most amazing ways to do so is by writing a book. Also, as a marketing expert, I can tell you that writing a book is an amazing way to actually set yourself as an expert in your field. So writing a book can really help you with that. So if you're thinking of starting a book and don't know where to start, then this is the right episode for you. But if you're not sure that you can even have what it takes to write a book, then stay tuned here with us until the end of this episode, because I'm sure you might have some ideas that will be challenged and hopefully end this episode with excitement and maybe ideas to start your own book. In order to talk about this topic, I'm excited to invite you here, Caroline. Ellen. Caroline, are you ready for this ride? I am, Mamel. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Caroline. I'm so excited to have you share your experience with us. So Nomad Nation, Caroline Allen is an artist, writer, and a book coach. She began her career and her expert life as a journalist at a Tokyo newspaper. She then worked as a travel writer throughout Asia and ended up in a newsroom as a journalist in London, at The Independent, and then The Financial Times. But a few years down the road, she decided to make a career shift as she found her voice as a novelist and visual artist. For the past 20 years, Caroline has been working with people all over the world as a book coach, especially expats and novels, memoirs, and self-help books. She has now repatriated to the West Coast of the United States, but plans to begin another expat adventure in a few years. Today, Caroline has three award-winning expat novels published and a yurt art studio tucked in the wild woods in the United States in the West Coast. So Caroline, this is just a short overview of who you are. And before we bring you as our expert today to help those who are thinking of starting a book and don't know where to start, I'm actually quite fascinated by your journey. And there's one thing that I know that's common between you and our listeners is that career transformation and reinvention that you've been through yourself uh, mm -hmm. from being a journalist to starting um, writing your book and then becoming a book author. But also you're an artist. So I'd love it if you can just tell us in a few words what has happened along your journey that made you shift and embrace your artistic side. Amel, when I was a journalist, I was really passionate about helping give voice to the voiceless. So I was really passionate about interviewing and helping uh, uh, the marginalized people um, all over the world. It was a great passion of mine. Then I had a very strong calling that was just too strong to ignore, but 
but I didn't know what it was trying to tell me. But I was finding working in newsrooms after a decade to 12 years of doing that just wasn't working for me anymore. I had no passion for it. I wasn't excited. So it actually took a move back to the States and three years of counseling to realize that I had not found my own voice. So I was helping so many other people by writing journalism articles about their um, you know, voice for the voiceless for them, but I hadn't found my own voice. And so that started me on a journey. But it isn't just intellectual. I think we're all called to different things that have to do with that are in alignment with our our soul's calling. And mine was, even when I was a little girl, to, to be an artist, literary or visual artist. And I'd put that in a box and it wouldn't remain in the box anymore. Mm, so that's amazing. Then the issue is I love what you're doing with global businesses that are successful because the truth is as a novelist and visual artist, I wasn't making enough money uh, to do that solely. And so the book coaching started as uh, as a mobile uh, self-directed business. Um, so that's how I actually make the money while I'm doing the art and the writing. And I like to make that clear because some people come to me and say, I want to write a book in three months and make a lot of money. Mm. And generally, sometimes that works, but generally it, I like to manage people's expectations around it too, because you're right. The best thing right now, if you want to make money is to use it as a tool to show that you're an expert in your field mm. and write a self-help book. Yeah. Yes. Which leads me to another question. But before that, I still want to acknowledge your journey and the fact that you have taken the time to get the help when you mentioned to find your calling. And I love how you brought it up. Finding your calling, and we all have a message to share. If we don't know what it is, Nomad Nation, get the help you need to figure that out and also get patient. Like you said, it took you three years to work it through. So sometimes that is what it takes. It, it can take sometimes even more, but as long as we're intentional about doing it from mindfully and working step-by-step step towards that, like finding that messaging and that calling we're called to, to share with the world. Absolutely. And even when you do find it, uh, it deepens and shifts and transforms. It's a dynamic purpose mm -hmm. so that for the rest of your life, you should be really seeking help. Yes. Oh you know what God. I mean? You sh should be seeking, um, like you're a coach. Um, I'm more artsy. I work with coaches like you because you ground in the practical details of how to run a business, mm -hmm. right? And then there are some people who need coaching and open, opening their creative doors. And that's basically a real big focus of mine is I, I believe everyone has this well of creativity that is just explosive and all they need to do is learn how to tap into it. Fabulous. I love this. I love you. That's a whole amazing conversation to have, but I just, I'm just happy that we brought it up and um, it is a journey. And I think we have to embrace that journey. It yes. does not happen from a night yes. to another. And even once no. we found it, exactly another journey <laughs> then to then <laughs> bring the, it to the world <laughs> and for the rest of your life, I believe, I believe you'll have phases where you're writing it fine. And then you have to go get help to take it to the next level. And yeah. there's so much help out there. And that's also part of our purpose. Your purpose and my purpose is to help people. Mm -hmm. So by getting the help you need, you help someone else live out their purpose. So it's all one big, wonderful kind of network 
Yeah, fabulous. And here's another thing you said that really got me excited because that's one of my big uh, like focuses as a as a business and marketing coach, but in Tandem Nomads in general, is to talk about money and making money because I think it's important to find our purpose, find our calling. And then it is also important to make money. And I love that you brought that up. Um, and which leads us, ties us to the topic of today's episode, a book. How can people make money with a book? Obviously, being a novelist, the, the, the source of the income comes from the story, people who won the story. But there's right. also other types of books that can provide you revenue and support your business, such as self-help books yes. um, that can help you, that don't necessarily bring you money, but set you as the expert to go to in your industry. Which, um, which leads me to this first question. What are the different types of books that you can uh, categorize for us here? Okay, so people come, I've done every different type. Uh, I've coached people on memoirs. So you could write a memoir about your expat experiences. You could write a self-help book about one specific niche within the um, expat experience, like having kids and being an expat. or for you, uh, having a globally mobile business and being an expat, what, how much of that information is needed out there is incredible. That's why this, seriously, I'm excited about listening to more of the, your podcast too, to learn about that. So there's memoir, self-help, fiction, and some people I work with write scripts for TV or film. And uh, yes, so those are the different types. Four different types. So how would you... Uh, how would you guide people towards choosing what type of book? I think that could be a good way to think about it. Or do you think it's not yet that phase? No, that's we don't an start with that phase. No, that's <laughs> an excellent question. No, that's an excellent question. Because I tell people, look sideways at your bookshelf in your home office or your bookshelf anywhere and list the books that are, are your favorite books. And if self-help is your favorite, then you'll probably be guided to self-help. Um, if I, I've always loved novels and literary novels, so that's where I was guided. Um, a lot of people love memoir because you can learn as much from memoir as self-help. If I follow, I'm working with a lot of expat women, um, accompanying spouses who write their memoir and it's, you know, I can follow that and it helps me to read their story. It helps me. So it's really look at your bookshelf and see what you love. And that should be a good guide for what you're led to. But there's also the consideration, like if you are starting a coaching business of some sort, you know, I would suggest starting with a self-help book because it works perfect as an expert um, platform for you. Which leads us to the goal of the book, obviously. What is the goal of the book? And that's an invitation that I would obviously like give to anyone who's listening, who's thinking about starting a book, what goal are we trying to achieve? Um, is that, would you agree with that? Like, would that be well, a good starting point? Absolutely. But I would, one of the things I wrote down to talk to you about today was that the, um, the, sometimes the soul wants to do something that doesn't seem very practical. Mm. And sometimes there's no denying it and denying it leads to depression. Wow. So you might say, well, my goal intellectually is to write the self-help book for my business, but my entire soul wants to write fiction. Mm. 
And so I would suggest that um, if you have that urge that's so overwhelming to not deny it, because honestly, I've worked for 20 years with so many different people and the shift in like discontent to contentment by doing what you really love is so great that it increases your income elsewhere because you're happier. So you see, you see what I mean? So yeah, so goal, absolutely. Um, unless you have an urge that's overwhelming <laughs> to write something else, then you should go with that urge. But definitely if you have a practical goal, that's good too. I'm just yeah. saying if you just don't have an internal struggle going on mm. because that fight can block you. I love that you brought it up. Listen to your gut feeling. What is it telling to you? It doesn't have to be coming from the brain, but yeah. from the guts. Yeah. What is your gut telling you? Uh, yeah. And Oh, that's so good. I love that you brought that up. So let's say we have our listeners today who want to start a book. They know a little bit what kind of what it is, but they don't know exactly what they want to write about. Uh, like it's not 100% clear. So how would you help that person get clarity on what that book should be about? Um, this is an excellent question because that's, that's a lot of people. Uh, you've actually hit a very universal thing. I have a great urge to write. I have no idea what I'm even going to write about. I actually have a system where I guide people. Um, and the biggest thing I try to do is just align you with your passions. And then after about three months, it just flows out of you. But here's how the system starts. And this is super simple. It's so simple. It may seem too simple, but it really works. Is whether whatever type of book you want to write, all the way from fiction to self-help to scripts, whatever it is, think about your expat journey and write down the beginning of your journey, write down the first three memories you have from what happened on your journey. Um, so for example, I took the train, um, wrong train in Tokyo and ended up in the Japanese countryside at 2 a.m. with no way to get back wearing, uh, going to party clothes, a mini skirt and high heels. Uh, and that just sticks with me. Well, practically who cares or how does that tie to my work or, but you don't think practically, you just go with the first three memories. Then what you do is you write each one out as a story. This is so simple, but it really works. And then you look for the thread that ties the three together and you just keep going four, five, six. You can write an entire memoir that way. And what I just told you is actually the recipe for writing an entire memoir. Wow. And it also then leads to novel writing because most novelists use semi-autobiographical material in their novels. So if people are lost, I start with their stories. I start with their memories. And then we, we, um, I empower you in your own story because people think, who cares, right? We often think, well, if I write that, who's going to care? But it's not about that. That's not the way to think about it. It's being empowered in your own story. And the more centered and empowered you are in your own story, the more it just kind of flows out of you and leads to a book. Yeah. And I totally yeah. can see how that uh, great tip that you shared, just start with thinking about your expert, three expert memories, write about them and see the thread. And I can totally see that be also helpful for self-help or very practical books because storytelling 
is an amazing way to keep the reader engaged. If exactly. it's only about the steps and the practicalities, it's hard to keep people engaged. So tying them, tying, for example, each marketing tip to a story, if it was in my case, it would be a great way to like really keep the engaged, engage a reader and see the real like power of that tip in real life, what it looks like. Yes. And so like, exactly. So it even helps you do case studies of other people. Mm -hmm. So if let's say I'm an expat and I'm writing a self-help book on having babies abroad. Well, I write my own experience of having babies abroad. That becomes the intro. Mm -hmm. So all those memories tied together become the intro of the book, but you have to put case studies. So you think about your own memories and you just go to people, you know, and say, tell me your first memory Mm -hmm. of having a baby abroad. They tell you that you have your first case study. So it all does, it's very simple. Mm. And what people do is they get up into their head. And what you want to do is get into your heart and your gut and your head and make it a fully embodied experience and not just an intellectual one. That's amazing. I love that. Okay. So I hope the imagination that you're taking full in what Caroline is sharing with you here. Uh, And I love that tip. Just with that, I think we're set. We can stop here at the episode and get started. (laughs) But I still have more questions for you. (laughs) Uh, I'm thinking about my clients and the clients I've been working on and pushing them to write their book and telling them I think they should write a book. Uh, One of the roadblocks on top of I don't know where to start, I don't know what to write, and you just shared some tips about that. The other one is, but I'm not a good writer and I don't know how to write. What would you answer to that? Okay, so I've helped people without high school degrees all the way to people with PhDs. I'm fascinated with the individual's ability to tell a story and their story, no matter what education you've had or training even in writing you've had. Because the very, the truth of it is we've all were storytellers as little kids. We're all natural storytellers. It, to me, that's why my company is called Art of Storytelling and not book writing, because it's the power of the story. So when I coach people, I tell people, don't worry about even grammar or punctuation, because honestly, you can hire anybody to look through your book and fix it up these days, and it doesn't even cost that much. Um, It's more if your vision, your truth, and who you are doesn't show up in the book, that's where it's not working. You just have to show up to the page and be authentic. And that, ha- that really is, isn't about being a super great writer. Of course, I'm not trying to be all pie in the sky, woo-woo here, because you often do have to be able to put together relatively um, good sentences, especially if you're writing in English as a foreign language mm-hmm. or English as your second or third language. And so for the expats, that's a particularly... Uh, important issue. But at the same time, yet again, if you can put together basic sentences and tell your story authentically, there are so many people out there who do editing now and it doesn't even um, uh, cost that much. So that's such an encouraging word to hear. I hope that those of you are hesitating because, and I love that you brought up something that's very Uh, like very common to our audience of expats and global nomads is the language issue. Most of them work in English or, you know, want to target a a broad expat community. And that's why we use English as a language, but it's not necessarily their first language, for instance. So, so that's a good thing to hear that 
as long as you can put a sentence together, you can write. <laughs> yes. And find somebody. I, and it is important to find somebody to smooth it out a little bit. But yeah. what I enjoy and what a lot of people enjoy is reading uh, a certain type of writing that is English in the second or third language where they're using different idioms or different thought processes that are outside of our norm because it shakes you up a little bit as a reader. So I right. also try to tell people who, for whom English is their second or third language to own that it's a little bit, they're going to write a little bit differently and a little bit in a more quirky way for the English readership, but that's good. And to own it instead of, I've got to clean it up completely. Don't do that because you'll ruin it. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can share that with an example. I'm trying to remember, but I do have that, that challenge even when speaking because my brain goes from Arabic to French and then English. And sometimes I use Arabic expressions in English and people are like, what? That's an interesting sentence. I've never heard it. And I realize it's actually the translation, um, um, not, for, not word for word, but I just created a new expression out of using my English or my French skills or my, my Arabic expressions. So, Amel, the, the wonderful thing about that is that in the writing itself, you could use the phrase in English. And then this is how an editor would help you just to add a phrase where even though that's not a commonly used phrase in English, but I think it's relevant here. Like you could put that caveat on what you've written. So in, in other words, you don't try to clean it up. You use it, but then explain it to the readers if they need it explained. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's and, so and that way, And you can be yourself. So my biggest thing when I work with people is I want you to be yourself. I want to be myself. I want you to be yourself fully and authentically on the page, then you're not struggling and thinking, well, in college or high school, I was told to write an essay a certain way. And now I'm trying to get into that mode where I'm separate from it and I'm distanced from it and it has to be clever. No, no, no. That's, book writing is completely different. You want to be completely authentic, your, authentically yourself on the page. Yeah. And, you know, when I asked you um, to answer some questions before this interview so that I get to know you better, I asked you, what is the biggest uh, achievement that you're the most proud of? And I remember that you wrote is that every one of my clients has a different voice and I'm helping them really be unique and authentic. Uh, so it just speaks for what you're just saying here. I really believe in that. Yeah. I'm so passionate about it. It gets my creative juices going. Mm -hmm. So I, I have, you know, I do get something out of it. The more creative you are, it just empowers my creativity too. Yeah, so, so good. So, um, okay, we talked about that roadblock of I don't know how to write. Very, I think, Nomad Nation, I hope this has gave you a bit more of a push if you felt like you're not a good writer. So now let's be a bit practical. If you could, um, if you could drop, like, drop down the different steps and few words of, okay, I, I now have an idea of what I want to write about. I'm eliminating those roadblocks that could stop me from writing and telling my story. Now, practically, what is the process to start writing a book? Okay. It's super important that you schedule writing time. And that is part of the process because without uh, I have learned in 20 years, nine hours a week minimum, you cannot get a book done in a timely manner. So usually three, three-hour slots a week. I say this very passionately to the people I work with because you won't get a book. It'll, it'll stagnate halfway through because it's a big project. Mm -hmm. 
So nine hours a week, that's the first thing. The second thing is a lot of uh, women especially don't make sacred space for their, mm-hmm. for their creativity. So you have to have sacred space for your writing. So time and space, even though that sounds like whatever, it's just the foundation from which then every time you sit down, okay, step one is to make a list of those stories you can't get out of your mind. Just list them and that can be your loose outline. So you'll have a loose outline. So if it's having babies abroad, you're listing um, all the memories in a row that you have of that. Um, Then the second thing is to sit down and write each one out. And this is called the rough draft phase. Uh, The freebie that I included, Amel, in our our podcast today is a... uh, ebook that will describe the overview process of writing a book. And what I talk about that in that is the rough draft is the first phase. And that's the phase where you're just exploring all these stories. All right. Okay? So Nomad Nation, I will put the link of this ebook in the show notes of this episode. You go to tandemnomads.com slash 148 and you'll be able to find all the details there. Excellent. Yeah, so, so Excellent. Yeah. And so then, then, then you do that. And that almost takes two years. That usually takes two years. So the, when you say the process, do you see what I mean? It's like a, it's a big thing and it's so edifying. The next thing is the revision process where you go back to the beginning of the book. You've started to see what thread is tying it through. You'll have idea after idea of how to go through and revise so that thread is clearer. Then comes the editing phase where I recommend people actually hire an editor even if you're working with a book coach, because you need somebody outside of it to help shape and form it. And then the next phase after that is either making the choice to self-publish or find an agent and a publisher, all of which I've been through and could be an entire podcast itself. Mm -hmm. So uh, does that help explain it or do you want... It's really good. I think those phases are already a good start and whoever wants to know more can, of course, uh, get to the workbook that we have in in the link here. However, you know, I want to insist on one big thing you said, which is the first step, because it's the same when you start a business. If you don't commit to yourself and make yourself a priority, it's really hard to bring this book um, to reality. So first of all, what is the time frame? If you say nine hours a week, how long would you expect that book to come out of if you commit nine hours a week? Um, it will probably take two years to write the rough draft. Mm-hmm for nine hours a week. But if you don't do nine hours a week, and I say nine hours a week as well, because I work with a lot of people with children who also have to work outside the home. Mm -hmm. And so nine hours is the maximum they can fit in anyway. But if you can do more, that's great. If, Mm -hmm. if you can do four hours every day, uh, you would probably get a rough draft done in a year. So almost half the time. So yes, and you have to sit down and take that time seriously. Yeah. So how do you help your clients to commit and make that time? Because that's the biggest, that's the biggest obstacle I can tell you for most people, especially people who live in transition constantly to make that commitment and and put that time in. Yeah, it's true. Um, So I will just tell you that when people pay me, they make the time because they're paying me. I'll be, that's the, just the honest truth. <laughs> they're accountable because they're paying a lot of money to get mm-hmm. this thing done. And I, uh, so people who come to me are very um, driven to take that time or they wouldn't make that step. Mm-hmm. So the only thing I can tell people, uh, I tell people is this. 
if you, so you're not working with a coach, let's say it's just you um, and you want to write this book and you don't have that much time, I really do suggest get up an hour earlier. You're going to have to sacrifice a little bit. You're going to have to stay up an hour late if your biorhythms are good at night. Mine are horrible. I have to do early morning. So it depends on your personality. Um, get up an hour earlier. Um, if you can afford it, uh, get some more help in to help with the children. So it has to be where you're taking the commitment seriously. And the one thing I want to say for all the people living with so much change when it comes to being globally mobile, what I love about writing is once you start that ritual of taking the time to do it, you have the calling anyway to do it. So it's this passion Mm -hmm. project. It travels with you wherever you go. So once you commit to it, it becomes your stability. It can become your home mm-hmm. when you're feeling homeless, this discipline. And it can be any discipline. I love writing and art, but any discipline like running your own business can provide that level of stability that you're seeking in all the chaos. That's especially for women that keeps us feeling purposeful and using our brains and having a discipline that really stretches you. So, I mean, it serves so many purposes that that's the way I try to get people to devote the time. I try to get them to see what am I getting out of it to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Wow. So that's really important. And one thing I want to share with you, Nomad Nation, for that time commitment and basically the message, if you want it, you make it happen. That's basically the message here. Uh, I want to give a bit of space here to those of you who want to write a book for your own pleasure. (laughs) So I would say just like commit the minimum of time you can for those of you who just want to make it your own hobby to work on this. But if you're really committed to make this book come out and share it with the world, then it's important to commit to it. And I want to put on the show notes of this episode, the links to my previous episodes on time management, but also I have a great book to recommend that's called um, The Miracle Morning. I don't know if you know it, Caroline. I do, yes. So uh, the Miracle Morning has, without it, I don't think Tandem Nomads would have existed because I have another business when I started Tandem Nomads. So reading this book helped me build the discipline I needed to make the time to start Tandem Nomads on the side of my other business. Excellent. So, yeah. So I think that's... that's a great message you shared here. Make the time for it. If you want it to happen, commit to it. That's it. There's no other way to do it. Well, and then the, it, to me, it's like I tell my clients this all the time. I'm going to the gym. I want to become more fit. Well, if I go to the gym and just play around or I don't go, I'm not going to become more fit. I mean, it's not rocket science. Yeah. And it's my own for my own self. It's for me to feel mm-hmm. better about my life. So I just tell people you can not use your writing time, but then you won't get the goal you want. I mean, it's very simple. This is the thing. The stuff we're talking about is quite simple. And then, yes, it's hard work, but I always, you know, tell people, well, come on, it's hard work. Come on, step up, you know, let's do (laughs) it. You know, like, like, like that's what I am as a coach. I'm a little bit like a fitness coach. I'm like, do it. <laughs> Move it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you I do, do I do it. yeah. And I do think that investing, if we're committed, investing in that help and not doing it on your own, like anything else, like body fitness or any other exactly. goal, business goal, uh, having somebody on your side that keeps you accountable and that investment, that monetary investment is a great motivation as well. So it is. Sure. And and I will say that I have a fitness coach and I would not 
know how to do fitness that really made me look what like I want to look like without the coach. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's also an investment in somebody helping you figure out how to do it. So you're not yeah. fumbling around. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to give another example related to what, you, just to jump on your example, I've been working out like, like two, three times a week. And like, this was part of my routine and I had seen no progress, no changes. And I realized how actually it's not just, it's good that I have that routine that's healthy, but since I now have a trainer, the difference I feel is in just like a week or two. When I've been losing like a year, and I'm like, why did I do this earlier? Why didn't I get a trainer earlier to help me do the right movements and and do the right exercises that fit my body and not a video that is for everybody? And that's exactly it. I wrote fiction, fumbled around for six years before I realized that I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. Mm. and got the help I needed to, and then this is what I tell people too. Yeah, you can fumble around as much as you want. And there's nothing wrong with that. That sounds negative. I don't mean that. Anytime you're doing any writing, I think it's wonderful. But it, you know, there are people who have a lot of expertise. There's a lot of expertise out there, especially for writing, because book writing goes back many, many mm. centuries. So it's not a new thing. And so there are lots of information out there, a lot of books out there. That's another thing I would suggest. There are a lot of how to write books out there. There's so many. Um, Writing Down the Bones is the big one, the first book many people read. Mm. So, yeah, that's another resource. Yeah. So, before we end, I still have a, a couple of short questions for you. I would love okay. to know from your experience what are the challenges and also the mistakes you've seen book writers do on the process of writing their book? So, um, a lot of times people will come from an idea, just like with business, you'll know this, they'll come from with an idea, but, and they don't want to muddy it by finding out, uh, by looking online to see if anybody else has written a book like this or whatever. So they just want to go with their idea. Now there's a balance with that because your passion is valid. Your desire to do it is valid. So there's a balance with it. So you may spend some time just exploring it, but at some point, really important to do some research so that you're not living in a bubble with oh. what you're doing. Um, that's, I think, the biggest challenge. I also have that challenge, so I, oh I can God. relate to it. Um, we both have, have to- the same challenge with our clients <laughs> who want to skip the steps. <laughs> yeah, they want to just you know do it my way. Well, of course you do, and you should do it your way. Then use that research to do it your way even better. Mm. So some people think if I do the research, I will lose my dream. No, no, no. That's not the truth. Mm. So that's the same in business. I can tell you a lot of people say, I don't want to like look with other people because I don't want to influence. Exactly. You know, exactly. That's, that's like not the way you want to look at it. And when you do research, <laughs> don't compare it to yourself. Do research out of a place of curiosity and not a place of comparison. That's, yes. that's important. Not being curious is not a good trait. If you're not curious, then there's a problem. Because <laughs> I think yeah. if you're, we're passionate about a topic, we should be curious about what other people are doing about it without needing to compare no. it to who. What yes, that is a very big challenge. The other one is a book takes a long time. After about a year of very hard work, a lot of people get tired and that's where they can give up the project. Mm-hmm. And I have written, I just finished my fourth novel and I will tell you, yeah, it's a marathon. It's a marathon. And I, I 
challenge you to step up to the plate. Like I'm like that kind of a coach. I'm like, come on, you can do it. You can do it. But that's the other challenge is to pace yourself like you're running a marathon. It's not a sprint. Wow. I love that message. So you said the first one is not like not doing the research. The second one is getting tired at some point and and pushing through just like the last mile in the marathon. Usually that's the hardest one. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Is there anything else? Um, then finally, when it comes time to put the book out into the world, a lot of people have low self-esteem issues Mm -hmm. that they don't even know they have. And these are bright, well-educated professional people all the way, the whole spectrum. It's a low self-esteem because we haven't been taught how to truly put our expression into the world. And so that's another thing I do as a coach. I like hold the space. No, you can do it then your confidence grows. But there comes a point of like a ditch a little bit right before the book comes, you're ready to put the book out um, that is challenging to our self-esteem. Mm. But, but it's normal. It's universal. I've seen it with client after client. You get through it. Yet again, you've got to push through it. Again. Yeah. And yeah. we have a great episode with Melissa Parks on the imposter syndrome yeah, uh, that's that it. we will yes. link in the show notes of this episode if you struggle with that confidence, because usually it's the imposter syndrome telling you, who the heck do you think you are that exactly. you can put that book out there? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what happens. And it's pretty universal. So don't yeah. feel bad. Everybody feels it. That's lovely. All right. Thank you so much. So I want to know more about how you actually work with your clients and what's the process, uh, like what kind of services you have and what's the process you work with your clients. Okay. So I'm a one-on-one book coach mostly, although I've just started the expat creative writer uh, group uh, eight week program starting in January. I'll start I'll talk about the one-on-one coaching first. So people come to me and we work together. Um, We have, uh, meetings, my clients don't live near me. So we have these online meetings every two weeks. And between that time, they're working on their book. And I, I creatively engage with each client, like we become a little bit like partners, although it's not my book. There's no boundary issues there. It's more like, I truly engage with you. I'll have clients who leave to go to other people come back and say they don't soulfully engage. And I do. I get on your page and I try to help figure out what specifically is going on for that person and help uh, have resources and other books I suggest you read, movies I suggest you see, and all these other things too that specifically are related to your needs to grow as a writer. I'm super passionate about women, especially finding their voice and getting it out into the world. That's been a global passion my entire life. Yeah. But I help a lot of men too. So that's interesting (laughs) too, because it's really about you helping you be authentic on the page. So we go step by step until the book is finished. People stay with me sometimes for three months, six months, nine months. Some people stay because they like the support until their book is done. So some people stay for years. So it's up to the person what kind of support they need. So that's the one-on-one coaching. That's what I do the most. I'm very passionate about it. Um, and then the other, uh, I just started this course called the Expat Creative Writer. It has two sides. We have the practical side. So there are practical things on getting started with your book. But really what most people need, with, and it's a little more amorphous to understand, is the soulful uh, alignment of who they are 
they need to become more aligned with who they are because that's where you get the energy to write the book. Mm. And I have exercise after exercise in that expat creative writer that helps you align with your core values. How long, how long is that a program? Eight week, eight, eight weeks. weeks. Okay. It starts January, 2020, January 16th, 2020. Mm-hmm. And it's got, I'm very passionate about having the, both the practical and the, um, the emotional side, because it really is the emotional side. When you say the biggest challenge, the biggest challenge is dealing with and empowering our emotional side, not negating it or saying it's wrong, but working with it to empower it. So you're so aligned that you have the this engine of energy. And that's just how I do it. um, How I do art and write my novels and coach is that I keep tapping into this. It's like inexhaustible engine. That's amazing. And that's the exercises that I'm really that. proud so, of. Yeah. So Nomad Nation, if you want to know more about it, you will find all the information of Caroline in this uh, webpage of this episode. Again, it's tandemnomads.com slash 148. And thank you so much. This was so inspiring. And I really loved all the powerful insights you shared here. Is that one word you want to end with before we finish this episode? Again, it's that feeling that I want to tell people, yes, you can do it. Mm. You can do it. Just do it. You and can. You can. <laughs> and I would add the world needs to hear your story. Thank you. To hear your message. <laughs> I wish I would have said that. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but we need to believe that people can do it. So that's really important. So thank you so much. I truly enjoyed this conversation, Caroline. Thank you, Omel. Thank you so much. I really appreciate what you're doing with the work you do. Thank Thank you. Thank you. I truly appreciate that. Nomad Nation, I hope you got inspired. If you were looking to start your book, you've got some great tips to get started here and check out Caroline's insights and tips. And also, if you were not too sure if you were made to write your book, I hope that you end up this episode with some more motivation to think about where you can go with that idea. So as usual, stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities and I'll see you in the next episode.